and welcome to Whole Soul School and Foundations Literacy Chats. I'm Marie Moeller, and I'm an author and intuitive and a messenger of the rising hero's journey. And I'm here today with Renee Tainter and Lacey Frazier, who are joining me in this really inaugural podcast. This is a new conversation that we are seeding in our listeners, in our own consciousness, that really brings to the fore uh, this awareness of language, because that's what literacy chats, that's what we really want to be having more conversations about, because language is power, right? It's part of our personal empowerment. And just for all any of our listeners and for the two of you to think about, think about times where you just didn't have the words, right? You didn't have the language to say what you wanted to say. Think about a company like Hallmark that has sold many, many, many products over you know many decades because they could put into words what you know mothers, fathers, you know spouses didn't know how to say to each other. And here we are at a time on our planet where so much is changing, so much is happening, and we often don't have a language to articulate the changes we're going through. And people who start on the hero's journey, they've just, they might even have just a few footsteps into the journey and they're going into more of the unknown. It helps to have more of a conscious language, more of the language of the tools that you're gonna be using to feel more confident to take those next steps. And so we wanna be giving people more of the language of this journey. And what better way to do that than to be in a podcast sharing these ideas, sharing these insights together so that people can tap into that and walk with us, right? They can put their earbuds on if they've had a bad day, right? They can tune into a conversation like this and feel like they're not alone. And there are resources that can help them to learn the language to better express what they're going through so they can be in their own presence, they can be in their own confidence when they're talking with people who aren't understanding the changes that they're going through. So I really wanted to see it in our conversation here, and we can start this off by this awareness that language can liberate. It truly can liberate us, but it can also incarcerate us, right? And the power of language and us being conscious creators with our language, when you really realize that your word is your wand, that is how you're creating in the world we live in, then you are either creating with words that incarcerate you and put you further into more of a, some kind of prison state inside yourself where you're trapped in a life that you may not realizing you are creating, or you can liberate yourself, which is what we hope to empower people in these conversations with because you could actually be creating a more free, sovereign, empowered life where it's creative and fun to be you. And that's what we really want to invite people into. So would you guys like to talk about that a little bit with me today, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is, um, language is, is one, of the most, one of the most important ways we obviously communicate with each other. And I think that I'd like to sort of put forward this notion of there's, we have the language of the soul and, and we have kind of the language of the human. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe as an umbrella kind of way to, to, to engage our discussion, I see the language of the soul is the language of, of liberation and it's the mm-hmm. language of possibility and the language of the human is a much more limiting experience. And I think is, is the part of us that sort of traps ourselves within ourselves. So um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of add that sort of angle to it that we've got the language of the soul and the language of the human and, and how can we integrate the two to communicate better with each other uh, and, and to help, you know, at Whole Soul, we're all about sort of bringing the aspects of the selves into one whole being and walking the hero's journey. Uh, and I think language is a key part of that, you know? So thank you, Marie, it's wonderful to be here and it's wonderful to be here with Renee. And I know we all have a lot to say about this topic, so. Yeah, and I would like to add that um, I see it the same way. We have the language of the human, which I also call the ego mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my um, journey, I learned that the, th- the language of my human came from my ego mindset. The language of my soul or spirit, um, I saw that it came from my heart, two completely different places, two completely different energies and vibrations. And um, so, but in order to even start getting the clarity you need to have that communication that you wish to impart not only to yourself when you do self-talk, but when you're communicating with other people, I think it's extremely important and critical that you get really clear on what are the, what is the language of your ego or human side? And, and how does it make you feel? Because that became my uh, wand or my, um, uh, what would you call it? Sword. Indicator, yeah, the indicator of which mindset was I accessing or using or allowing to um, take precedence. Because in order to be a conscious creator, you have to be conscious of that. If you're not conscious of that and you just go into reaction, then that's your ego mindset is, is what I learned in my life. And the, that the vibration of those thoughts and reactions are different than the soul communication, the heart communication, way different. One gives life, like you said, Marie, are you liberating yourself, encouraging yourself and others, because it's not just self-language, it's the language you use for other people. Or are you, you know, limiting them, or you'll never be able to do that, or, you know, you should, you shouldn't even go into that field or whatever. So it's a, it's a choice. And, and I think the biggest thing for anybody pursuing this path is to just become conscious of what you want to be clear of, mm. clear on, you know, in your life. What do you want? What, who are you? Right? Yeah. I mean, Renee, I think these are such deep points because you're talking about, you're talking about cultivating a conscious awareness of your own thought process, your own mindset, your own way of interpreting your environment. And, and all of that comes from our conditioning, right? Our grow, our, our conditioning growing up. So how we think in patterns, we feel in patterns, we respond to the world in patterns. And so when we wake up to 
our own patterning or that we even have to be aware that we we have patterns, you know, and, and a lot of times exactly. I know, I know in my journey, my patterns became very evident as I started to kind of hurt the people around me with my words or my deeds or my actions. And I sort of had to pay attention to that. And, and then I started to realize why am I using this language and, and, and my tone of voice, you know, when you have kids and they, they turn to you and they say, why are you raising your voice? Or why are you talking to me that way when they're little? And you sort of, it wakes you up to say, wait a minute, how am I talking? And so, so the, the journey to awakening to ourselves, I think is really about waking up to our, our mindset, like you said, waking up to our patterns of thought and our patterns of feeling and our patterns of behavior. And all of that is oftentimes deeply tied to our own conditioning and our own interpretation of the world around us. And so when we start to wake up, we can start to pay attention. Oh, this is just how I was taught to respond, but I don't have to respond this way. I can choose consciously a different a different way I can and and I can choose to respond from my heart rather than my head I can choose to respond from love rather than fear you know and I think that the impulse to even look at that hmm. yes comes from your heart because your heart was made to live in harmony and peace and in alignment with divine love and divine light to, to live in that alignment. And the heart was made to express that love and, and light and the, the expression of um, being in harmony and unity with things. See, otherwise, if you didn't have that impulse from your heart, you'd be going, well, get over it. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, but that's, so I think that's, evidence of that you do you have that heart side of you the divine side i call it and you have the human side and what you said earlier lacy i totally agree with you you want you want to bring some kind of harmony between these two and i call it the dance between your divine and your human because you are both you are both and because you are, are um a, a creator, I believe, you have a choice between the two. What I used to call it the soup pot. What soup pot do you want to put your energy in? Do you want to be negative? Do you want to say, I don't care? Do you want to say, get over it, find a way? Or, or did you, do you want to lead from your heart? And um, one of the things that I started doing is allowing my ego voice to just talk on and on and on have its say. I called her little Renee. What, what do you wanna say? What are you feeling? What, what are you upset about? Get it all out, take all the time you need. And so that I could still express it and feel it and acknowledge it and honor it. Um, then when she was done and I would say, okay, is there more? <laughs> oh, I think I'm done. Okay, so thank you for sharing, uh, but we're going to lead from the heart. And then you said earlier, Marie, what would love do? And that was my one-liner. That's been my one-liner. Uh, love the one you're with from Stephen Stills. Uh, a little bit different 
than in the 60s when it was really taken, you know, literally. Um, but it, it became my one-liner. Love the guy at the post office, the lady in the supermarket, the dog you see in the park. And so what would love do is an excellent question. And once you um, get accustomed to leading from your heart, you don't even have to ask that anymore. Your heart literally takes over. Right. And, and it wants to express. And the beauty of that is that when you give love, you're receiving it at the same time. You're, you, so it feels good to be that loving person, to express that love. It feels good. You, it's win-win. It's not like, oh, I've done a good thing. No, you, it has to come through you to, to go out there. And you, well, you, you I think what you're saying, I'm sorry to jump in, oh, but no, I, it's, a strong, it's such a strong feeling. You're, you're, you're really talking about being love, you know, get to that point where, where you say it may start off. And I, I really like this because, you know, the goal is always that we're helping people find their own way of walking through the world and uh, a way that is empowered. And one huge way we walk through an the the world in an empowered way is to is to be led led by love that comes from us when we choose to be love and there is a way to have loving language there is a way to you know when i when i get up in the morning i i try and say every day love lead me or i'll say i choose a soul led life today uh, versus an ego led life today or a human led life today um and Set we your we, attention exactly exactly Perfect. so it, it's just it's it's about being love it's about making loving choices it's about walking through the world using the filter in a way of love uh and i think it once you start to practice that um we just we emanate it and then of course as we know through quantum physics and things like that that we we pull more of it to us well, I wanted to, I love what you both are sharing. And one of the things I didn't do in the beginning of this conversation today was to also share with our listeners that Renee, you worked for the airlines for 36 years. And, and part of your journey, part of your hero's journey was, and I'd love for you to tell this story, was when you were being impacted by things in your work environment um, would you tell that story about when you called out and you were asking for help? Because that was the time to me that you were summoning in this language, this awareness of your ego mindset and your divine mindset. But this was a big part of your journey that I think would also speak to the be being and the becoming of who you did emerge to become. And you did acquire this language, but you know, you had had, you have so many extraordinary experiences that you had on the planes in your career after this sort of, you know, that call to adventure, Lacey, you know, she was living kind of, if we use our, if we use the hero's journey language, again, all this is relevant. And I want to give you an opportunity to, to, to share that story, Renee. I just want to say, we're all summoned into the journey in different ways right? No two people are going to have the same story of how they answered the call to leave the ordinary world or the unconscious world, the world they were living in before they were summoned to something more. And you, Renee, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit of the story of the day, that time when you 
you wanted to impact the world in a different way versus it impacting you so much. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was operating from my ego mind and uh, I had uh, two flight attendants that were kind of picking on me uh, on the plane and I couldn't figure out why. And when I um, got to the hotel that night, I, I you know how you, you say to yourself, why didn't you say this? Why couldn't you have said this? You could have said, you know, and um, so I, I said, I, I need to find a way. I literally stood on top of my bed with my arms out like this and said, out, said to God, help me find a way where I am impacting what's going on around me more than it impacts me. And then I just said, I, why can't I say stuff to people? And Spirit said, because you don't have a repertoire of ugly, nasty, unkind sayings to throw out at people. Mm. You don't. And <clears throat> that's what started my journey. I called it accepting my humanity, accepting your humanity. And then it led into accepting my divinity and accepting your divinity. And that wasn't a two week process. It was years yeah. of learning uh, to accept me that I can't say stuff like that or that I don't want to. And it led me into really learning about my heart. You know, why can't you say that? Well, because that's not me. It's so not your language. It wasn't your language. It never was. But there was an acknowledgement of like, right? But you were, as a sensitive person too, you were experiencing all the language of other people and their pain in their language, the pain in their words that they were projecting out. And you were experiencing that. And then, then that was a powerful awareness you had that you, that you I was, I was hurt or confused by why can't people receive my love, my care, my respect, my admiration. I, I, I love you, but you can't receive it for people. That was a huge, huge lesson in my relationship with my parents because um, there were challenges there and I would write letters that were, that they just said, you have a lot of nerve trying to say that and whatever. And it's like, you didn't, you missed the whole point, you know, that I'm, I'm trying to say, I love you. I honor you. And I'm trying to go through this. And, and so, um, that's a big part of becoming sovereign and becoming conscious and becoming, uh, really aware of the words that you want to speak. And, and in that time period of learning about my humanity and my divinity and in yours, I realized that the, the language of the ego has a lower vibration. Mm. You know, like, um, Amen. and I used to tell my kids. And so I was telling this to my kids before I really got it. I said to them, you know, if you, even if you say something negative in jest, when you're joking, oh, I was just joking. The words are the same. The energy of the words are the same as if you meant it. Yes. Saying that it was a joke doesn't change the energy of the words. So I was 
saying that to my kids before I really understood the deep significance of it. And um, no, I, I so remember that. I just want to give one example. Same thing with our kids, because parents, that's a, we get to see the mirror of ourselves in our children's faces. Right. And when we're parenting or we're saying things, we're learning a tremendous amount about ourselves if we can see it that way. And I remember, I just wanted to add to what you said, Renee, there was with our kids, I remember before I was just beginning to wake up at this point in time and was becoming more conscious. My kids are really small, but I remember that I, uh, we didn't use the word hate. You know how you might say, I hate, I hate broccoli. Right. It's something that seems so benign. Right. But I remembered saying that's a word that doesn't feel good. Right. The, the word hate. And, and then we would be out with other people and other parents would be talking or kids would be running around playing and they would hear somebody say, I hate that. And they would look at me like they just said the H word. Right? <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, but it, it was a learning process for all of us in that way. And I could, I could feel what they were experiencing in what I had modeled for them, that they were paying more attention to language. And they knew that that word didn't feel good, right? That's the thing. And if you practice words that don't feel good long enough, it becomes your ordinary world. Norm. Well, see, well, they, they can feel the vibration of the words, even if they can't articulate that they're feeling the vibration. And I put that into practice with my kids when uh, we, we told them that the only name they could call each other was silly goose. <laughs> You're a silly goose. And you should see what that vibration does when they're both angry and they're both going, You're such a silly goose. Well, <laughs> vibration of silly goose just doesn't match the anger they're trying to communicate it kind of diffuses. first time I saw it I was going oh my god that's that's amazing so I saw the, uh, a greater significant impact of the, the vibration of those words and then you're all about frequency and and all that Marie and it's and so when I, even before I got, I got, was learning about all this, I would have to find positive words because I would leave the house and wonder if I was gonna come back to see my family again, because I'm flying these giant airplanes all over the world. Even though there wasn't very many crashes in, in ratio to how many airplanes took off every day, it, right? So my ego would start doing all this, scenario stuff and then I would say no no or when my kids started driving they're going to get an accident no she just got in a fender bender and she got out of the car and saved the guy and I would like go crazy with the story to get me off the focus and he was a millionaire and he's going oh my god you saved me here's two billion dollars or whatever <laughs> just to make up something with a different vibration to get me out of that pattern right and that was like a long time ago, before, you know, when my kids were little. That's I, that impulse, though, to conscious creation that is yeah. inside all of us. You were just responding to it, Renee. And that's the way that you knew how to play with the energy that was showing up in your life. Oh, good way to say it. Absolutely. Had no right. clue that what it, where it was going to lead me. 
But boy, when I found out, and I, I ended up, because I was learning the difference between the ego mindset and the, and the divine mindset, or you could say positive and negative, is I said, you know what? I need more positive stuff in my mindset. Yes. And, you know, stuff like, well, um, God is omnipresent. So what does that mean? Well, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> well, that thought alone, if you ride it long enough, first, because I was learning the laws of the universe at the same time because I was testing them like attracts like, big one big one. If you hold a positive thought long enough, because you're a creator and you use your thoughts to create, if you hold it long enough, other thoughts like attracts like will come and support that. Mm -hmm. So you start off just saying, I'm just going to say God is omnipresent. And you start thinking God is omnipresent. And then you, the next thought could be fills all space. And the next thought could be Wow, everywhere you rest your eyes, you see God. And the next thought is, wow, you can't. So all these thoughts keep coming. Well, the same thing works with negativity and with ego. So which soup pot do you want to put your stuff into? Right. And what, you know, and be conscious. And it's a process. It's a process because, you know, you might find yourself, you know, um, feeling bad for a couple days and then because in the beginning I would go oh my god I've been feeling like not good for a few days when did that happen so I try to walk back in my brain and see how I started off on this path and I wasn't conscious enough and um and of course at the time I uh, this was going on there wasn't as much light on the planet we well, you know way I more way more I feel like a lot of what you're talking about it and what I what I teach about when I talk about language is this this and there's a lot of research on this the, this negative attention bias that we have in our society oh. and 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 as we're raised and as we're conditioned you know whether you're looking at at television or in the community or whatever we have such a tendency we are trained we are shaped to pay attention to to the negative aspects or negative things going on in life and, and using negative language. And the, you know, a you could have a hundred things happen to you in a day and 99 of them are amazing and positive. And one is, is negative. And, and that's exactly, and that's what we're trained to focus on is the one negative thing. And, and then so, you talk about it and you, and talk, you talk about it. it and then the, and then it grows and you're vibrate, you know, like you were saying, all your thoughts sort of snowball down the hill into negative thoughts, which create the negative vibration, which goes out into the universe and pulls back in that which is like itself. So, so we, in some ways, you know, we kind of are our own have been when we're in the ego mindset, we are our own worst enemy and we're creating this reality that, and then we wake up and say, gosh, how did I create this reality? Where is all this stuff coming from? Right, you know? I didn't create it. <laughs> right. You, and, and you and usually the language is not how did I cre how did I create this stuff but, but why yeah. is it happening to me right, right. right. That's a, you think it's happening to you right and when I was learning about the the ego mindset I called it the reactive creator because uh, someone will say something to you and you go oh yeah and then and then the game is on and that's where I learned the term that uh, energy game for me energy game. So then the game is on because now, now it's the energy game. Who is going to win? 
who is going to say, who's going to have the last word? And you do this whole energy game. And spirit showed me that you can uh, have something, your, your boss did something terrible. You go home, you tell your husband, you're like really upset. He's upset. Your sister's upset. Your mom's upset. And then it blows over. But the next time you're at a party, six months later, someone goes, you know what my boss did? And then you go, you want to hear this? And then you reactivate right. the past, bring it to the present moment and get everyone else around you upset. And then now, how do you unhear it? Now they've got it in their ego mindset and they could bring it up next time that comes up. So being a cre conscious creator, you become aware that everything that comes out of your mouth, your thoughts, your ideas, your beliefs, everything has an impact. And I, I just have one, I have one word, Renee, for what you just said, and it's called gossip. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I, I mean, I mean, that's, that's what gossip is, is it, is it gets the, it gets the energy churning in a negative, you know, in a negative vortex, um, because you're talking about it, you're, you're, you're dwelling on it, you're bringing other people into it, you're, you're contributing, you're feeding the fire inside of you and in, and in the space around you. And like uh, you said, we were all programmed to do that. But then, right. you know, my heart was always different. And because I had early trauma in my life, I was really conscious at an early age. Like even, and I've said this to Marie, um, I had two brothers and uh, they would pick on me. And I, I remember hitting one on the back one time running down the hall and I, I would, I screamed out at him, I hate you. I'm not going to hate you later, but I hate you right now. Who wow. does that when they're nine years old? <laughs> and, and spirit brought that back to my recall and I went, oh man, okay. So I, on the plane and stuff, when people would start doing gossiping, I'd go, well, you heard that her mom just got diagnosed with cancer, we should be her friend at this time. You know, let's not, you know, do this. Well, it didn't take long before people would stop talking when I showed up in the group because they knew I wasn't gonna participate in that. And well, and that's a way that your instrument, like the you being you brought a neutrality to that space. So even though they're like, oh yeah, we can't say this because Renee's here, what it actually did is it neutralized the environment and so your presence was a neutralizing force to that negative energy. People don't realize that your prayer was, how can I have a bigger impact on the world around me more than it's having on me? And it sounds like even just from that one story, you did do that. When and you did not participate. Before. That was before, because that was in the early days. And, that, wow. and I didn't realize that was my heart stuff. You know, your heart space. You know, and there's been a lot of information out about the heart that we could go maybe another podcast because your heart is not just a pump. It's not just an organ. It is the sacred center of your God connection. That the sacred place where you access divine knowledge, divine wisdom, anything you need. You know, God is inside of you and outside of you, but a lot of people think, you know, and they'll go, God is, you know, talking to us or whatever. And they point up. Well, it's, it's inside. And I think accessing your heart and learning how to find that connection is like 
the highest thing you can do if you're going to be a conscious creator and and be uh, fulfilled and because we are we came from the infinite and we're in these bodies having this incredible experience and and so we want to be conscious about it and well, and I, th I, I think what you're really talking about is you're you know I kind of talk about it as syncing up the head and the heart and how do we do that you know and I think that's what this these conversations are so wonderful because we're we're sort of seeding uh, ideas and concepts and we're seeding a new language to to help people understand that that we do have a, I mean everybody knows we have a heart but many many people don't understand the power of that heart that you're describing and that and they don't and then they also may not have the language to understand that a lot of their thoughts are generated from that from the ego and from their early conditioning. And so what would it look like? How do we teach people? How do we talk about syncing up that head and the heart? How do we help people move through the world from the inside out rather than the outside in, which is what you're talking about and what I talk about a lot. Right. Um, Navigating through yourself and humanity because we're in a sea of humanity and you can't go very far before you see another human. And right. <laughs> navigate, right. All the talents and gifts in the world, but if you can't navigate through yourself and through humanity, you're kind of between a rock and a hard spot. Yeah. You know? so. Well, and, and I wanted to say to tack onto what you both just shared is that language is our bridge, right? If there's a point A and a point B. Nice. Any anywhere where we're trying to get to a point B, language is the bridge. That's our creative tool that what you described so well, Renee, it's it's the impulse of the heart. It's the impulse of that creative life force inside us. But if we're not connected with that deeper presence in ourselves, if we're not connected with a kind of higher awareness, then our ego is is what's creating. But right. when you begin no. right, when you begin to pay attention to your words, that is what you're creating. And so language is our vehicle between the two places, right? Where we are right now, or the ordinary world or the conditioned version of ourselves and where we're trying to go. And there's the old expression that we all know is fake it till you make it, which we're talking about. It's kind of a process where you might've noticed you were speaking one way from the ego mindset to use your language, Renee. And we're trying to get to this place where our words have a positive impact in the world. But we ourselves have a lot of negative language. So when people first stumble into a podcast like that and thinking, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm the person they're talking about, you know, that isn't speaking so positively. Or when people have that, what did you say, negative confirmation bias? negativity bias negativity bias where mm -hmm. that's happening at work in their families where that's just the point of conversation that's how people connect is through those stories of complaining and, and kind of one-upping each other with their pain right. stories in some way um, you start to realize i'm a participant in that yeah. and how am i participating in that i'm participating with my words i'm participating in what i'm saying and sometimes in this journey, you learn to not say anything. Sometimes in that bridge time, until you can start to practice on your own some more positive language, we need a whole other 
more positive repertoire of language because we've been stripped of that in the challenges of being human, in the challenges of the world we've lived in, some for decades, right? Many of us, which means we've also been in the sea of conditioning that we've been receiving and participating in, and it's become who we are if we're not conscious to create anything else. So when we're listening for all these things, sometimes just saying nothing but being conscious of the fact, like Renee, in your example, when you saw those other flight attendants bad-mouthing somebody else, you might not initially have known what to say when you'd seen that before, but sometimes you can learn, I just don't have to contribute to that right now. Mm -hmm. That's a big choice to say, I'm not gonna pay into the negative soup until I have something more positive to say, right? And we were learning. Being conscious, because a lot of people, and like you said, Lacey, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So when I was teaching this, it's like, first of all, you have to convince somebody that they have an ego mindset because if they don't know, they don't know. Because if all they're doing is they're, they're accustomed to reacting and spinning the same programs over and over and over. Yes. And also the ego, it kind of has a cap to it because you don't access your heart through the ego. You, you have to access the infinite your heart through your heart. So that means consciously kind of vacating for a minute your ego mindset to get to your heart. And like the uh, spirit brought me this classic example. If, and the reason why I am where I am is because whenever I heard a new thought, a different thought, a higher vibration thought, and it came into my head, what happens is the, the ego mindset will take this thought, run all over and look for the home it's gonna live in. Where, what box can I put that in? If you don't find a box, but you're also not open-minded, you're going to kick it out and not give it a second thought. Mm. Um, because how many times you've seen people, oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. No, no, that's, that's just not. But I always went, hmm, is that possible? I should maybe look at that. So that's not the ego mindset. That's the heart set the heart mind, you know? And so that's why people like us have grown. Mm. Yes. Did you know that, did you know, I read recently and I, I, I bring this sometimes into my classes that 95% that of our thoughts in any given day are thoughts we had yesterday. And 80% and of that 95% are negative. So that's just, a lot of our day. Yeah. That's, that's easy to believe. And then when the kids were in high school, their uh, grade level coordinator guy had a thing in his office. I never forgot it. Um, your life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. Yes. And I, I used to say that to the kids and I went, oh, whoa, yeah, yeah, that's true because since something could happen. So uh, let me just jump on, on the side here. So when spirit was showing me the difference between a reactive creator, which is in your ego mindset, like a ball in a pinball machine, boing, 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 boing. And you know, you're not really conscious, you're reacting, you're reacting. But a conscious creator, things come to you in your life. Things happen the same as the other reactive creator. Um, but you're conscious. And so you're gonna give yourself the luxury of thinking about, okay, what just happened? 
what does this mean? What do I think? What do I feel? What do you want to do? What are my options? What, how can love respond in this situation? And then, you know, in the beginning, you're kind of at first, but then after a while, since you're driving from your heart, your heart just takes over. Your heart will take over. And the example spirit gave to me is like, you know, you're, you just put your groceries in the car and you look up and this little lady just dropped hers on the parking lot and her bag broke. And you don't lean up against your car and go, should I help her? <laughs> no, you, your heart went like this and you're halfway across the parking lot before you even thought about it. Mm. That's how the heart leads you. It's like, you've seen people, a kid, you know, the ball goes in the street and the neighbor across the street drops his rake and just, he doesn't think about it. It's your heart, your heart does this. And that's the difference in your life. And I think that's good that you guys are doing these podcasts because I think people are hungry for finding ways that will work and build a foundation from which they can live, that they can, feel good about and trust and um, be conscious of. Renee, you language that's, I mean, so well, and I know we've podcasted in, you know, in another channel before, but I know you've shared some stories that where you've been on the airplane, I know you have so many stories, but if I were to ask you, can you think of a story that you can share where that you can illustrate that where someone's someone was on your plane and something just happened, you know, often you would have like people who are frustrated, they're rushing to catch the plane. They show up in all this stress and all their frenzy, you know, they've got kind of a negative vortex of energy going on with them. You know, can you, can you share a story where you did, you had to go literally inside yourself and you could have just reacted to their reaction, but instead you went inside your heart and you asked that question, right? You, you, you saw the ego giving you all the options that you could fire off, right? All the ways you could have gone. And that would have just been instinct. That would have just been your, you know, what the natural world would have summoned out of you in response to this person in front of you. But you began as you started to awaken to this process to ask your heart for yes. another option. As I, as I was growing in this process, I realized that the key ingredient would be to disengage from the energy game. That whenever ego reactions were presenting themselves to me, I needed to go, uh, no. And um, so, so I was just learning this and asking spirit, okay, you know, tap me on the shoulder um, because I was learning that the bigger your picture the easier your life and that's the goal right so um it was a domestic flight so there was only two rows in first class and this man came running on the plane a big man i thought he was going to have a heart attack sweating he just barely made the plane and he had all this stuff and you know no room for it because the overhead bins were filled you can see because they're open right there and he's at the boarding door and um so uh, I said, well, hi, you, you just made it. And he goes, oh, great. And there's no room for my bags. You know, I gave United Airlines $6 million of business last year, and I don't even have a place for my bags. And, you know, I could feel my, the energy of wanting to, you know, dude, that, I mean, you could have got here earlier or whatever. I'm not that I would say that, but. <clears throat> but the ego. There's a lot. 
Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of ways the ego could have responded to that situation. Exactly. And so I just quick prayer to spirit and, and just say, um, and he's like, you know, like all these bags. And I said, listen, give me these bags and you sit down. We're going to close the door in a couple of minutes. So I set him down. He sat down. I went and got him a cold towel and a glass of ice water. And so he sat down and I said, here, this should make you feel better. I'm going to find a place for your bags and I will bring them up after we land. Okay. And I ran back and I'm just like almost shaking because um, I changed the paradigm. Yes. I transformed that energy. I could have added to the other soup pot. I wanted to add to the other one. I wanted to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. That's the other thing Spirit said in any given moment. You're either part of the problem or part of the solution. What do you want? So I'm, I'm running back going, where am I going to find a place for these bags? It's, plane was full but I did and I I ran up to him and uh um I said how are you doing I found a place for your bag so I will bring them to you at the end of the flight and he took my hand he said I am so sorry I was such a jerk you you just took care of me you set me down you gave me a cold towel please accept my apology I mean I was getting emotional because I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. I expected, okay, I'll find a place for your bags and let's get the door shut. We got to get out of here, right? And I'm not kidding you. Every time I transform that energy because I chose to be loving and not engage in that energy game, there was always some kind of emotional, Drama. like, oh, you know, um, emotional gratitude oh, yes. coming back at me. Emotional, like, oh my gosh, oh wow. And one of them, this guy had a big glass ball. No way would it fit in the overhead bin. And I got, I mean, I said, I reacted with my ego first. And I said, did you really think that would fit in the overhead bin? He goes, you know, <laughs> like this. And I walked away. It was right at the very back of the plane. It was early boarding. So there weren't very many people on the plane. I walked in the galley and I went, Spirit said, that isn't how you wanted to respond, is it? Nope, you know what to do. Yep, I turned right around, went back up to him and I go, I, I put my hand out. I said, I'm Renee, I'm one of your flight attendants today. Could we start over? I didn't really like how I responded to you. That's really not me. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry he took my hand. I'm so sorry, me too. And I do apologize. I just was afraid to get this ball back. How was I gonna do this? And And, there was love and acceptance and honoring and acknowledgement. And I was like, I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> and so disengaging from the energy game is being a conscious creator in my life. Am I always successful at that? No, because I do the dance between the human and the divine. But if I start something and I don't like it, I always go back and go, yeah. I think it's so important. I teach the whole concept of the redo. We can reset, we can redo, we can yes. recalibrate in an instant. And what that does to the other person is right. huge because they might be going, well, pfft, you know, what side of the bed did you get up on today? But then when you go and you, you are, 
bearing yourself and you're being transparent and you're showing how you want to redo it. It's like, it, it also gives them permission to do that in their life, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a little story that's, that's similar, you know, for, for those who may not be aware, I worked in, in prison, in federal prison for 20 years and talk about kind of like you, Renee, you're dealing with humanity all the time as a, as a flight attendant. Um, and, and walking in the, in the third dimensional human world, I call it. And, and, and I certainly was doing the same thing in prison for 20 years. And I, I remember this, this when I was learning this, I had, a, I had a, a, an inmate come storming into my psychology area and he was fuming. And this is a guy who had been doing a lot of this sort of spiritual awakening work, heart-centered work, you know, learning about energy, learning about emotion, things like that. But he, he had a really bad day and he came storming in and, and wanted to rant and rave about this you know, probation officer and the judge and the prosecutor and, the, and they were holding him back from this and from that. And, and, and I looked at him and I, I said, you know, if, if, hang out here in the lobby for a minute and I'll be right with you. And I went into my office and I pulled out a, file, a two drawer file cabinet that was on wheels, okay? And I, I pulled it out in front of my desk chair and between my desk chair and, and the chair I was going to have him sit in. So I said, come on in. And he sits in, in the chair and he's fuming, right? So I, I pull this out. I'm not saying anything, I, except I'm pulling this file cabinet out. I take a couple napkins or, or paper towels and I kind of wave them and I open them like a tablecloth. And I put it across the, the file cabinet to create a table between us. And then I get two coffee mugs and I, and I fill them with water and I put them down in front of he and I. So now I have this fuming inmate, you know, sitting down and he's sort of watching me going, what is this crazy quack doing? And, and I'm, I've created this, basically this sort of tea party between us. And I said, now I tell you what, clearly something's bothering you and you're very angry. I said, I'm going to give you six minutes to, um, tell me anything you need to tell me about what, what's going on. And I said, and after that, we're going to shift our attention to what is working and what feels good uh, in, in your life today and what, what, it, what you can appreciate, right? And he, he didn't even need the seven minutes. He just started laughing. And, he, and in that moment, he realized just how sort of ridiculous he was with his with his emotional experience and what he was focusing on because he knew the principles. He just, his ego mind had, had really kind of hijacked his emotional experience. Good word, hijacked. Yes, it is. And, and so in that moment with a little tea party, you know, just doing the nonverbal uh, uh, tea party setup and, 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 and honoring him by giving him seven minutes to vent, he just, he just, we both started laughing and he was, it just diffused the entire situation. And so then- That's good, like changing from being the kind of like the reactive creator to the conscious creator. Yes. You know, and that's, that's huge as people learn this, then, you know, you allow yourself to be human because you are human. But then you always pick your heart to be the, the driver. And then when I was first learning about the energy game, I'd go, how is it that I got into my ego for two days and didn't even get it? You know, like this. So then I learned that whenever you're feeling anxious, worried, fearful, angry, resentful, all the negative stuff, you are not in your heart. So 
I use that as the indicator to right. the which, which mindset am I in? And of course, after a while and you practice, you go, well, I don't like feeling like that. Let's just transform that right now. And then, yeah. because then you can be happy and live in the moment. Cause if yeah. you're not, then whatever you're doing in the day, whether it's the laundry or the dishes or cooking, or you're, you've, you're carrying that energy and you're fuming on it and you're thinking about it. Like you said, you know, 80% of the 95% stuff in your head is negative. Well then you, you know, stop it. <laughs> and this is the where language is a bridge because when you become aware that you've been in this state this negative emotional state for an hour or a couple of days or just you know people can even have that experience for a week where they just kind of get knocked down they get knocked down at work kids get knocked down at school there's drama going on and it might take a little bit of time, especially in the beginning, for you to even recognize that you had gone down that slippery slope. But once you see that you've gone, and as you become more conscious in your life, like you said, Renee, when you're feeling those negative emotions, when you are anxious or angry, you know, or the person who came in and had a rant with you, Lacey, I mean, we all have that, but language is your bridge, and that's where again, people don't recognize the power of gratitude or the power of appreciation or the power of even just going outside in nature. It just, nature cleans your energy a good bit, but that you can access a better feeling thought, especially when you give words to it, because now you're consciously creating. And when you give words to something that you can, you can be in the worst emotional state, you could be angry or you could even be in despair. But if you can find something to appreciate and you can give words to that appreciation, now you're in the more vi the vibrational experience of more of what you want to be feeling versus what you presently are. And, and I know that like attracts like. Right. You say, okay, okay, I need to get out of this. Go to those positive thoughts. Go to gratitude. What are you what are you grateful for? And you start hanging out in that gratitude. And then more and more things that you're grateful for come. And next thing you know, you're out of that and into the being part of your own solution. And so we're talking about reactions and, and communication with other people, but it's, it's more critical for you, for yourself. Because when you're by yourself and you're in those negative feelings, it's harder to get out of it unless you have a friend in front of you going, at a girl, you, you got this, you, you know, and all this stuff. So that, that whole inner communication bridge to your own self, the bridge from your um, ego to your heart, that those words, you need to find those, those words that take you, words and thoughts and feelings that take you out of the ego mindset into your divine heart, into that God space, into that um, space where you know is where you really live. The other is just being reactive and, um, and so it is a uh, the job of being a conscious creator to be conscious of your thoughts and your feelings and know the, and know your impact. But also, you know, really cool having those stories about you know the passengers and it was really awesome and all that. But you know what happens when you you are being your conscious self and you're not getting that response? It's someone else is in their ego and they can't. And they, they can't, can't meet you there. They can't, they can't meet you there. You, they can't see you. They don't want to hear you or see you. And, and that, that makes it difficult. But then 
that's why I wrote down in my notes, it goes back to, it's a solo journey. You know, the laws of the universe were made to kind of force us to govern ourselves. Yes. I can't reap what you sow. I can't knock on the door for you. I can't ask for you. You have to do it. I can encourage you, but you have to do it. And um, so when it goes back to, you know, I'm not reaching someone, I'm not able to bridge a gap, then I have to go back to me and trust my foundation, which is my heart, trust my foundation. And, you know, and I will examine, you know, did you say things the way, the way you wanted to say? Because this did start off as being clear about communication and, and knowing the vibration and stuff of your words. And if you, if you can still say, yes, I am clear and all that, then you have to realize the other person is in charge of how they interpret mm. what you said, how they hear it or not hear it. Well, wow. respond to you is their responsibility, right. not yours. Right. And I, in my life, I took responsibility for everybody's response until I learned. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's the journey of the empath, right? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, you just, you feel so responsible. And, uh, and when I learned, well, wait a second, how can I respond for you? How can I interpret that for you? I can't, this is how I would interpret it for you if I could, but that isn't how it works. And that's not how you interpreted it. So now you trust the sovereignty and the hero in other people that they're somewhere in their own journey. And right. that's something else that the hero, and that's just our language here at Whole Soul School and Foundation, but the person who's in their own evolutionary experience, they are rising to become more self-aware. And somewhere along that journey, you, you do begin to realize that you can't control, you can't solve you can't feel what the, you can't just infuse these other people with your perceptions, right? They have to be in their journey. And there's a certain point that is, especially in those times when you are doing the best you can to be that conscious creator, to be aware, to use your words consciously, when you're pulling out all the tools that you've got and there's still discord or misunderstanding, or you're talking apples and oranges to each other, there's something also that I think people further in the journey start to are able to learn and recognize and then embody that you are trusting that they're exactly where they're meant to be. And you can know for the two of you that this is playing out the way it needs to, even if it doesn't end up in a hug and a high five and everybody's <laughs> blissing out because right. it all worked out and everybody understood each other. You might actually know it's okay that we're speaking apples and oranges. It's okay. We have different perceptions and you can love the soul traveler and that person that's figuring it out, even if they're in an unpleasant circumstance or they want to hold on to their drama. You can know inside yourself because you're choosing my language is you're choosing the emotional experience or the vibrational experience that you want to inhabit. That is always your choice. How do you want to be embodying this energy inside yourself? You cannot control somebody else's. Is everything that you said is, are the tools from the, the divine mindset from the heart. Those are tools. So if, if I'm, frustrated that I can't do the bridge and all that. It takes me back to those tools that we built. We built and we added, we built our divine mindset yes. with truths 
with truths of God, truths of the universe that we can fall back on as we do this journey and say, oh, help me, Rhonda. Um, you know, uh, that's my all call. I, I don't know if Lacey knows this. You know that song, Help Me, Rhonda? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, one day I just, instead of uh, calling all, you know, the village on the other side, all the archangels, God, Jesus, you know, all the Marys, I just said, you know what? I need a word that's going to summon you all at once. Help me, Rhonda. So that's what it is. Well, and so we, we gradually, all of us, learned to find those tools to bring us back to our center so that we could feel confident that we were in our center, that we are in our center, and that it helps us to let go of anything your ego might be tempted to hang on to, like, look what you did. You heard her feelings, look what you did. Well, it wasn't my intention. And sometimes saying that doesn't work. Mm. Sometimes saying that to somebody doesn't work. Mm. And so, you know, you're left with your tools. The tools in the divine mindset, completely different from the tools in the ego mindset. The ego mindset is all about reacting, blaming, judging, calling people out. But the heart, it has the compassion, the understanding, the love, the patience, the willingness to let go when it's not working. And that's a hard one mm. because yeah. empaths want to love everybody and fix everybody. Yeah. Well, I would also just, just the tools of the, the tools of the ego all have sharp edges. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's beautiful. So yeah. The tool of the heart all have soft edges. Yeah. And, and the heart, just like what you said, Lacey, and what you were sharing so brilliantly, Renee, is that the heart, it's a word we don't talk much about here in the podcast and something that probably we need to bring into the language of the conversation is coherence. The heart is motivated to bring us into balance and peace and coherence, what? sinking us back up with ourselves where, where we do feel good inside ourselves, no matter what, right? Yes. And its natural impulse is that that grounded, that coherent state where you're in your power, you might be in your neutrality, you're not all, don't have all those hard edges, those sharp edges that are looking for tension and are actually crawling out into the universe to look for not just that person to argue with, but you want more. The mm -hmm. ego is like, who wants a piece of me? Right? <laughs> I'm not done yet. Bring it. Bring it right, and the heart is saying, watching that and saying, "Okay, we got a live one here." And that live one is you. It's your ego that's gone rogue, and it's about to act out. But if we, like what you said, Renee, and even Lacey, in setting up the table to have that little tea party, you allowed a still point for the heart to reset the coherence of the situation and get the mind and the heart working together. Because I think that's also part of what the coherence is. It's syncing you up your mind and your heart. It's syncing you up with the divine in you. It's syncing you up with a deeper wisdom, right? And just by having the pause, and that's not speaking words, that's not having the language to know the value of the pause is a tool in our softer toolbox, right? In our more powerful, but rounded out toolbox. It's, there's something about that still point that allows the heart to do its work almost without language sometimes, right? Many times. I think that her impulse 
Lacey, when you did that and you laid out, I call that laying out a red carpet because Spirit said you can say anything to anybody about any subject at any time if you lay a red carpet of love. And so you, by you taking the time to, to do all that in front of him, you were like creating that still space, like you, like you call it, that stillness there. So that, and, and that was, turns out to be sufficient time for him to say, I don't need the, the six minutes of ranting. Right, exactly, exactly. You gave him, and by you deliberately doing your movements of, you know, the, the paper towels or whatever they were, and then the cups of water, I mean, and your heart, your heart said do that. And so you didn't even go, okay, heart, what should I do? You, it was a natural, because it's first nature. It's first nature. Yes. And, and the other thing I wanted to say, uh, Marie, brilliant about the coherence, because, um, and that's not the same thing as resonance, is it? Coherence no. is different. Okay, so that's what I seek. I seek coherence with myself when I realize I'm not communicating. I'm not getting the message across. Maybe I should try it this way. Maybe I should say less this, more this, or whatever. Um, and when it's not working and it's clearly impasse or whatever, then I need that that coherence to to what to um, to reset. I think yeah, that yeah. people don't give themselves the opportunity to just reset. I think we're trained to go right into the tension, right? To go into the conflict. We've been conditioned to do that. And well, conditioned to blame myself. See, cause that's been my program. If I'm not communicating right, it's my fault. Hmm. I mean, I mean, if, so it's my fault cause I'm not doing it right. And I had a lifetime of that, of feeling like I'm not communicating. I'm not getting the point across. I'm not, and, uh, and so that coherence is what I need to, to, I'm trying to find the word to like remind myself of who I am, or I think coherence is the word because coherence is a vibration, right? Oh, it sure is a vibration. And it's a state of being when you're in a coherent state that, you know, who talks a lot about coherence and we could have a, I'd love to have another podcast. And we have people that I know that train there, but heart math, heart I was math, say heart math and heart math and it's, it's a thing. Your heart has its own consciousness. It even has its own brain cells, which are not connected to this brain. Right. And if we were, if we were, again, we have the language, but if we were acquiring more of the skills, when the world becomes one with this coherent state, if, if just a fraction of our listeners begin to look up coherence, begin to look into their language, begin to pay attention to the emotional state, they're embodying consciously and unconsciously, whether it's the negative soup or the positive soup. But these things change the world. And we have been in a state of, I don't know what it is when you're not in coherence, what's the opposite, uncoherence? Dissonance? No. Dissonance, but something like that, where we're in a state of tension and discord and conflict and negative energy. When we're, that, brings in disease that brings in the dis-ease we know when we're out of coherence because things show up in our physical bodies and symptoms or anxiety and other your things feelings, that, your thoughts everything th things that pertain to our mental health right when we just don't feel right and then 
some of this has become what we understood to be the norm in our world, that that's just the way it is. That's just the way people interact. That's just the way, you know, people are frustrated in the world and people do yell at each other and people don't understand each other. Those of us that begin to more consciously step into this journey and it starts with little tools. It starts with one tool you put in your toolbox, then another tool. Renee, you had 36 years of a career, but you know, when, you know, somewhere in there, it wasn't the whole career that you were practicing this stuff. You always had this, this heart that was, that was there with you guiding you. But when you took the turn to more consciously want to impact the world around you in a positive way, more than the negative stuff was impacting you, that was a major shift in consciousness. And Lacey, you did the same thing in your career in the prison system and you're still you know, working and impacting people's lives in just a different capacity now. You saw yourself take a turn where you much more visibly, you could see yourself being a conscious creator and a conduit of this higher awareness. And literally sometimes you just flip the light switch on for some people. Some people just need somebody to turn on the light because they've been in a dark room and they didn't know it the whole time. And some people really do need more and more of these tools. But regardless of when we flipped our own lights on and we woke up a little bit to this, the way that it really can be and the way that it's divinely, I will say, divinely designed to be, the, the, the template for living that's creationary and that is part of creation is that we are these conscious creators. And I think people are carrying a tremendous amount of pain and a lot of confusion in their life because they don't understand the design. And when we are here to empower people with the language, the power of language, the power of words as one of your key bridges, one of your key tools, it's a big tool in your toolbox. It's not a small tool. When you start to understand that you are creating with your words, you start to choose them much more carefully. And all the things that you're describing, not only are we sharing some insights here, but we're sharing some lessons gleaned in our journeys with the stories we've illustrated. And those were impactful to you, Renee, when you saw you, you kind of, I can use the word, you alchemized, you neutralized the situation with that guy who came late to the plane and was really irritated and agitated. You could have thrown grease on that fire and your ego would have been happy to do it. And that might have just been, you know, and that was one possible experience the way that could have played out. But by you neutralizing that and taking that still point and a breath and then going into your toolbox and choosing a different response to him. And again, if we're paying attention to this conversation, I don't know that I focused on this so much, but by you going to get him a glass of water, you also diffused that situation. Lacey, you, you built the, the table for the tea party. That diffused the situation. People have this option to do this with emails. They could get a fiery stinging email from you know, a boss, a manager, a coworker, a family member, it doesn't matter. We all know what that's like. You open it up and like a bomb goes off when you're reading the email. Instead of responding right then and there or somebody right in front of you, you can say, I need some time or the email, you can give it a day, you can give it a week. And something how time provides that still point where you can go into your heart and you can find better language than you would have fired off from your ego's arsenal. This is how we're using language as an ally. And this is how we're using language to liberate instead of the 
the automatic process that the ego wants to fire off back the in anger. And, you, and yeah. you just the reactive creator and you just incarcerated both of you or however many of you there are in that experience into the trap of conflict and negative energy. And that's the incarceration. And, and then you became part of the problem instead of part of the solution. And, you know, I want to point out that I've thought of this numerous times since I learned about Lacey and her work is that you, each individual that you impacted, their lives have impacted lives and those lives have impacted lives. And that is, you know, a benefit, a bonus of being a conscious creator because, you know, one of the... Um, examples when I was like disengaging uh, it was Christmas I had like a lot of these packages at the post office and I was next in line there was like 20 people in line and um, I was learning to accept my humanity and my one-liner tool for me accepting my humanity was oops <laughs> so um, <clears throat> instead of what did you <laughs> Did you not see that? Why did you knock that over? You know, no, it was, oops, that was a human thing. So I, I was next and I picked up the packages and I uh, went around and they all spilled in front of me. And so I'm, I'm picking them up and I look up and all those faces are looking at me. And I said, I feel so human right now. <laughs> and everyone, started laughing and a couple people came by here, let me help you. And as I got to the car after that, spirit said, look, by you, instead of going, oh God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, I just wanna die. I just wanna crawl in a hole. Welcome to the human race. That has never happened to another soul as long as humanity has been around. <laughs> so oops is a great one-liner to accept your humanity. So it's a bonus that you, that Lacey, all the work you did, you probably don't have a clue. I mean, you might have a little clue of what your work has done. Cause I've heard stories about these men that have completely changed their lives. And the people in their lives have been impacted by them living in that space. And so that's how I think we create peace on earth because you, yeah. change you want to, to be, to see in the world. And I just have to say to you, Renee, it's so true about Lacey because the positive impact ripples forward, just like a negative impact can ripple forward as well. But you chose that higher timeline. You chose that higher path. And you don't have to know how many lives have impacted. You just have to know that you are making that impact. And Renee, I want to say to you, the, the airplanes that you flew, how many passengers were on e the planes that you typically flew on, right? Hundreds sometimes, right? Well, yeah, our, our first 747s had 387 passengers in coach, <laughs> in economy. And then I think there was uh, 48 in business class and 24 in first class. Wow. See, so just think about by you working in your job, embodying this consciousness, and there are people who are flight attendants who will listen to this, people who you know are in the transportation careers, right? Where I know somebody who was looking for a job, this is in the past few years, but just as an example of what we're saying, who was looking for a job, needed some more income, but 
actually chose a job where she could impact more people around her with positive energy. And she became a bus driver in my local community and not a school bus, but one of these double decker buses, you know, they kind of had the accordion thing in the middle, just so that she could, everybody that got on her bus, she greeted with her beautiful energy and she welcomed them on board. Right. Awesome. And she knew that every passenger that got off on and off her bus, she was making this positive impact with her energy, but through her words that communicated that energy. And I tell you, people eye contact, on, eye contact and she would see each person as a valued human being. And you on the plane with all those passengers and Lacey, you in the prison system, we can think about all the different kinds of people that you guys were interacting with. And where a lot of people are just, you know, head to the ground, just getting through life, just trying to cope. Blinders, actually, on. blinders yeah. on. You actually realize that you each were given energy by the opportunity to be that conduit of that positive energy. So it, the, the blessings are reciprocal. When you step so up in this way. I, I think it's extremely important to add that there are millions of people doing the same thing. Yes, I know because I've seen them all over the world and I've seen them since I retired. There are people that irregardless of the stuff that's going on in their lives, they project that love and light. They give the eye contact. They're the positive people. I've been on hotel buses. I've been on in, uh, in hotels and then in grocery stores and post offices. And there's always the people that smile, that, that greet you, that they are doing it. And I will take the time to acknowledge them and, and tell them, you probably don't know, but you are impacting people. Your smile, your, your friendliness, and you are always like that. Every time I come in the post office, you're always like that. And I just want to say how, how much I appreciate coming in here. I'm always hoping I get to your window, but if not, I can say, hey, Jonathan, <laughs> or whatever. And, and so I acknowledge these people because they may not be able to articulate what we're saying, but they're still leading from their heart because it's first nature. You know, and an example I had going into um, a restaurant, this man, uh, was coming out in a wheelchair that someone held the door open for him. He was kind of like downcast like that. He looked up and I flashed him a great big smile and he did the same thing. Whatever moment he was, previous second, it was. <laughs> and, and that showed me that see people, that is active in them. It's alive in them, irregardless of what, cause he could have said, well, right? No, but he responded to my smile with his heart. And so it's everywhere. It it's is everywhere. everywhere. The UPS guy, the garbage guy, right. the guy in the garbage truck. I make brownies every now and then. I stick them on top of the garbage, one for the recycle, one for the... <laughs> I appreciate everything that you guys do. The first time I did that, now when the garbage cans are done, they roll them up to, to and put them right next to my... I oh, see. Yeah, that's so great. And I, and I even wrote him the second time, you guys don't have to do that because it's not very far. <laughs> and you have to get out of your truck. 
no, 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 we really appreciate it. Oh my God, nobody gives us brownies, you know? <laughs> See, and this is that, that not just the paying it forward type energy, but you start a positive chain reaction where everybody wants to do great things, right? And that's how truly our world is meant to work, but we, it's an upside down world that is in the process of turning right side up. And sometimes we have to go really far one direction until we snap back into what we're really meant to be. Well, and those guys wanting to bring my garbage cans up by the garage door, it's like attracts like. Yes. So I did something nice. They want to do something nice. And so I didn't keep saying, oh, don't do that because, it, you know, I'm uncomfortable. No, no. Because they're giving back to me. Right. I mean, they pick up my garbage every week in the truck and, um, and they get out of, and there's two different trucks. One is the recycle and one is the trash. All right. And so the two guys, and so every time I, come home and you know and there's the garbage cans up. it squeezes my heart so it yeah. squeezes their heart because i gave them brownies it squeezes their heart to bring the cans up to the garbage to the garage door and it squeezes my heart when i see that mm. so it's like it's a uh, epidemic <laughs> <laughs> it, it is of kindness and goodness and that is something and maybe that's a good note to round out because this is such a beautiful pay it, pay it forward it's such a beautiful conversation that we had today it's a seed starter for many more conversations because we can bring a conversation this like this to life so many different ways i want to summarize just a couple things to leave our listeners with these thoughts that language can liberate and language can also incarcerate as you said renee which pot are you creating right is the negative pot of soup or the positive pot of soup right and lacy you brought in a lot of amazing just the illustrations of your connections with the men and these confirmation biases that we have and all of these ways that we can all show up in our lives. I love, I have to go back to the oops and the silly goose, right? Two beautiful examples of neutralizing otherwise some pretty tense or charged moments. A little bit of humor goes a long way. A little bit of still point goes a long way in allowing a reset. And this is all language. And underneath it all, I just, the last thing I wanted to say as we round this out, we're talking about words that come out our mouths that people hear. But there's also the energy language because the energy gain that you talk about is the negative side of the, the energetic language. But it's really, at it's at, like at its most deepest core, there's a love language that's going on when people are, allow their best selves to come forward. And so that's what I feel like you saw in the human beings of your garbage people as an example, their divinity. And they mirrored that right back to you. And that's why it feels so good because we, you actually got seen even without words, it's just this exchange. The brownies are left, the trash cans up at your house are the, the response, it's like a call and response, an echo of each other in this higher vibrational way. That's the beauty. And that's a love language that's more energetic that also goes on all the time. And so those are also other conversations, other layers of language going on that we can touch on in literacy chats in these podcasts to come because that's, it's the unspoken and the spoken conversations that are happening through energy 
every single day. And I don't know what you said, Lacey, if there's actually a number, do we have like 60,000 thoughts a day or something insane? Or those are the ones we pay attention to that we actually kind of knew that we had. I think there's even more than that that we have. So it is a powerful time to become more aware of how we are living language in our lives. How we impact people. We do impact people, whether it's positive or negative. And the oops, I say to myself when I do a human thing, so I totally let go of that, go, oh, you silly goose. <laughs> and, and it's also for other people. If you witness something, you go, oops, I bet you didn't mean to do that. You silly goose. Right now. Well, you're just giving them permission to let it go. Right. Let it go. My God, is that the first human thing you've seen in your life so far? Right. Yeah. And you neutralize the like the shame or the tension that otherwise would have filled that space. Right. This is where we are, these conscious creators. And that's a really powerful note to close on. I want to thank you, Renee. I want to thank you, Lacey. I think this was an amazing conversation. It seeds the possibilities for many more conversations. And, and I truly want to thank our listeners. And I want to invite you to visit us at wholesoulschoolandfoundation.org. If you're inspired by this podcast, which is part of our Good Vibes Broadcasting, putting out this good energy in the world, I invite people to make a donation, big or small, one time or you know, ongoing donations. We are here to broadcast these more potent, um, life-changing energies into your life so more people can engage the rising hero's journey within. So I want to thank everybody for joining us and we will see you soon. Blessings, everyone. Thank you.